I guess I should, or lift up your iPhone or your iPad or whatever else you, you use. Hallelujah. I tell you, those iPads and iPhones come in handy when you're trying to find a scripture and you're not where you can, you know, find it in your Bible. You can put that in that Bible app. And that, that computer in there is so smart. It knows right where that is, <laughs> especially if you get the right translation. You know, sometimes I'm trying to find something in the, in the King James that I've got the message up there and then they don't go together. But I'll tell you, God is good. He has made a way for us to get knowledge and understanding. Isn't he good? Yeah. Hallelujah. You can think it was, what's that guy that did iPhone? Steve Jobs, it wasn't him, it was God. Hallelujah. He just thought it was him. <laughs> Let's turn to Psalm 91 this morning. We're going to look at this scripture. Most of you know this scripture. Um, it's a psalm about God's love, his protection, his uh, ability to keep us. But it comes from being in his presence. Everybody say, in his presence. Um, I was, I just happened to look at an article. I don't even know the writer's name, but it's in the religion section of the newspaper. And I saw it last night, just briefly, I didn't read the whole article, but uh, the man that was talking in there was talking about how God uh, has had him in positions where he's come in to disasters where people have been killed, uh, situations where he's had to deal with death. Uh, having to go tell people in the military that their loved one was uh, deceased and, and places that were very difficult in his life. And, and he's, he was talking about doubt and faith. And, and he said that sometimes, you know, there's the question of, well, you know, what do you do so you continue to walk in faith when you're faced with those kind of circumstances? And that's really what you do a lot of the time. And he said the number one thing is I have to get in a place first and foremost where I hear the Lord. That's the first thing I have to do to keep my faith strong, to continue to focus on the things I should. So in the presence, it says in the scripture, in the presence of God is fullness of joy and joy is our strength. And so uh, this psalm, I believe, is a, a very beautiful psalm. It's God's promise to us. And I want us to look at it. Today's message is keeper of keepers. And um, God is our keeper. He watches over us. He protects us. He has angels to watch over us. But he is ultimately the one who is watching over all of us to keep us in all our ways. Um, and you are a keeper. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're a keeper. <laughs> you know, uh, when I was young, we would go fishing and, uh, and up at this little lake where we would go on vacation every year. And we'd catch fish. And sometimes they were keepers. And sometimes they had to be thrown back in because they were just little tiny sunfish or something. And uh, I oftentimes somebody will say when they have a new baby, yep, she's a keeper. You know, we're going to keep that one or that that husband of mine. He's a he's a keeper. It, we're not talking creeper here. Get that, get that get that clear. Keeper, not creeper. And so God is our keeper. He watches over us. And I want us just to read through this psalm. We're going to read the first 11 verses. But it says, he who dwells in the secret place of the most high shall abide under the shadow of the almighty. In my Bible, it says that's Shaddai or all-sufficient God, eternally capable of being all that his people need. So it says that we shall abide under the shadow of El Shaddai, our all-sufficient God, who is eternally capable of being all that I have need of. That's how that would read if we just put that in there. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in him I will trust. Surely 
That means absolutely positively, he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. How many of you know today truth is very important? What's being spoken in our nation, what's being spoken in situations, a lot of those things are lies. But his truth becomes a shield for us and a buckler. You shall not be afraid of terror by night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side. 10,000 at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. In other words, things may be falling apart all around you, but you are not going to fall apart. Amen. And then it says, only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked. In other words, you will not experience it because you have made the Lord who is my refuge. That's David speaking. Even the most high, your dwelling place. Everybody say dwelling place. That no evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over you. How many of you believe there's angels watching over you? How many of you need more than others sometimes? You know, some of you need them when you drive. You know, some of you, your angels are bailing off right after you get going so fast, I think. That could happen. <laughs> to keep you, everybody say to keep you, to keep you in all your ways. Now it doesn't say just keep you when you're doing the right thing. Keep you in all your ways. You know, sometimes we make wrong decisions. Some, sometimes things happen we have no control over. But it says that God will keep us even in the midst of those things. I was reading in uh, Joyce Meyer's trust. It, it's a trust um, daily devotional that I'm going through this year. And it just happened that on today, she had relax. He will, he is your keeper. And, uh, and when I saw that, I thought it's so important that in the day we're living in, we can relax. Everybody say relax. How many of you know there's a lot of tension in the world? You know, I was coming up Ferry Street and I'm trying to obey that speed limit because if you ever come up on Ferry from uh, downtown, Listen, the police sit along there. That's where they think they get their ticket quota. And you come around the curve and they go, gotcha. And then you get a ticket. And so uh, my husband got stopped there once. Uh, and so, uh, but of course, he didn't get a ticket, of course. Uh, but he, got a, he didn't even get a warning, just, uh, you know, slow down. But uh, I'm very careful. And so it says 25. So I, I stay between 25 and 30 right there. And I had a guy on my bumper who, like, I thought he wanted to drive my car to help me. And he would not get off my bumper. Well, after I got to home hospital, we're at the old home hospital, then you go through there, it's 35. So I speed it up. But then when he went around me, they always have to floor it and give you, you know, just a little bit of their sass. And I thought, I was just obeying. You know, I did say one day, Lord... Could you just have a policeman close by? And then I remembered, do unto others as you would have it done to you. So I canceled that one. Hallelujah. <laughs> Cancel that quickly. Because I don't always go the speed limit. But, 
we're, we have angels. Everybody say angels. angels. And they're encamped around us, and they watch over us. I believe there's warring angels. There's the angels when we pray. There's warfare in the heavenlies that they're, they're making sure those prayers get to where they're supposed to be and get back down to us with the answers. The scripture talks about angels. It says in the book of Hebrews that they're ministering spirits for the saints. And so we need to be aware that God is watching over us. And it says he shall give his angels charge. That means they're assigned to take care of us. We have the Holy Spirit who's speaking to us all the time. We have angels to protect us. So God really does love you. I mean, you may have a day where you don't feel loved, but those angels don't leave based on how you feel. The, the spirit of God that's in you does not leave based on how you feel. Everybody say, thank God. But, but we have to constantly make sure that we are walking in a position where we're acknowledging those things. There's angels around me today, not, not confessing, you know, the negative that the enemy wants us to believe, but believing and speaking what God says. It says in uh, Jude, it's the very last two verses of Jude, right before Revelations. It says, now to him who is able to, to what? To keep you from stumbling. He's able to keep you from stumbling. That means from falling away from the truth of the word of God and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. Have you ever had this thought? I just don't know if I believe. Well, he is able to keep you from stumbling over that thought. He is able to keep you. What does that mean? I'm going to give you the definition of keep. It's to continue having or holding, to not return. You know, you're not going to get sent back. I don't know where you get sent back to, but God isn't going to send you back. He loves you, and he's continually holding on to you to keep you in the place you need to be. To lose, sell, give away, or throw away. To preserve, to watch over, defend, to take care of, to support. He will not return you, lose you, sell you, give you away, or throw you away. Everybody say, that's good news. Because the enemy will assure you that God has done that over situations and circumstances that you've been involved in. I know when I came to know the Lord and the things that had happened in my life, I didn't know if, if God really uh, loved me. I, didn't, I really didn't know where I stood with God. How many of you have ever been in that position? But the word of God is truth. And when we hide that word in our heart, then things begin to change. It says in verse 9, because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the most high, your dwelling place, There's conditions to living in that position of having God's protection. And one of those is that we choose to live in his dwelling place. In other words, we choose to have our life on track with what God's telling us. In my Bible, it says the refuge is a shelter, a place of trust and protection. A dwelling place is a place of retreat or habitation. A long time ago, I don't even remember when, it was when Bill was in Bible school, but the, there's Isaiah 32, 18, and it, it talks about how God will uh, cause his people to live in peaceful habitations, in quiet resting places. That's God's desire. Everybody say God's desire. God's desire is that regardless of what's going on around us, no matter what is happening around us, and certainly there are a lot of things happening around us right now. Maybe there's things that have even happened in your life this week, but it's his desire that we live in peaceful. Everybody say peaceful, peaceful habitations, quiet resting places places. 
I believe if the church lived like this, we would look different from the world. We wouldn't have to try to look different. We just would be different because in the world, there's such turmoil today. In Psalm 26 or Isaiah 26, three, it says he will keep him. Everybody say, keep him, keep him in perfect peace. What's the condition whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts you. See, if you're in a refuge position, it means it's a place of trust. So it's not what's going on around you that affects you. It's what's happening in the inside of you that rules and reigns in your life. And um, just uh, on our vacation, and some of you have heard this, um, I experienced a fall. Now, in my whole life, I have never been hurt. I praise Jesus. My, My big number this year is seven zero which Molly tells me is a large number. <laughs> That's a large number. It is a large number, but in my heart, I think I'm like 30 or something. You know, I'm not going to be old uh, in the sense of old. But I do know that my body cannot do what it did at 30. Like doing the splits, I can't do that. I did it, but my whole body screamed. What are you doing? You know, I mean, when I went, when I was walking, I got into some water, and I guess my grandson Carter said, hey, I yelled out, look out for the water. The only problem was he was already in the room by the time, you know, that's how far ahead of me he was. So we didn't hear look out for the water. And so when I hit that water, my foot went straight out, and I literally did the splits. My son-in-law, Joey, was behind me. And I mean, this leg went under me, and this other leg went right out there. And everything that was back here in the upper part of my leg just tore. And uh, that's very painful, by the way. And, uh, and I, so I said, get me up. And, uh, and I, I didn't want to stay down. Everybody say, though I fall, I shall arise. And so I got myself up. Now, I'm going on a trip. I leave next Sunday night. I'll be gone for three weeks to Hawaii, Australia, to the Philippines. I'll be flying on a lot of flights. And immediately, everybody say immediately, the enemy starts speaking to me. I mean, before I can get up on my feet, he is speaking. Now what? You know, you're not going to get to go. And I put my weight on, on my leg, and my leg went like this. And then I had the thought, I broke my hip. I thought, I'm not going to have that thought. But what I can tell you happened, everybody say, the Lord is your dwelling place. I started hearing, don't say anything. Don't think about it. Don't think about your trip. Don't think about your trip. And it was like, don't, you're going on your trip. Don't think about the trip. And God knows what we need to do in a place where something happens and it catches us off guard and puts us in a weak position. Everybody say weak. I couldn't do anything. I could not move my leg. And, uh, and so we got, I did walk to the room somehow. I put my, I put my pressure right on that leg and it did work. I, I believe God healed me. I really do because it was, it was going like this, but by the time I got to the room, it would walk, it would walk. Uh, you know, you have to treat your body like you're in charge of it. Now I, the pain was, I've never had a pain like that, but I could, I, I'm, I could not, I could not give in to that pain. 
and stop because I knew the enemy was going to come after me for that trip. And so when we get in those positions, when it says he will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind, everybody say mind. It isn't just that you know God is God. It's you've got to get a hold of your mind. I never had such a battle. It was a battle from the time it happened, clear up into this week, and I leave in 10 days. It's like every time that I would finally get myself really strong, something else would be said that made me, it would threaten that, that position in God. All of us face this. That's why in the day we're living in, people are losing their jobs. They go to work, and they're told, you will not have a, a job. I believe it was your husband who was at Caterpillar. And he, in November, they know they have work till November? August 21st. They've moved it up. See, things like this happen. But listen, God will keep you. Everybody say, he will keep you. He will give his angels charge over you to keep you. You know, for me, it was this threat. For you, it may be another threat. But it's very important that we get the word of God and we put it in our heart and we hang on to what the word of God says and not what we know. The devil wants your peace. If we get in a place of fear, doubt, unbelief, our peace is taken from us. That's why I believe Isaiah 26, 3 is so important. He will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him who, tr- who you trust. It says that you trust him. And so in that place, I had to trust that God was going to take care of that. Now, I was just reading in uh, Joyce's uh, daily devotional, and I mentioned that in the beginning, about the word relax. Everybody say relax. How many of you know it's not easy to relax when you're in horrible pain? I mean, you know, it's like, yes, it can, it's like, relax. What word is that? You know, it, that isn't happening. However, I, I, the Lord just spoke this to me. I got to laughing when I heard it yesterday when I was praying. Um, it, there came a point where they give me, gave me pain medicine. Now, I've never had drugs before. You know, I mean, I've never had, like, what they gave me. But it was wonderful. <laughs> just saying. Uh, Whatever it was, it was wonderful when it, when it took effect. Because I don't know what it did, but it didn't, I couldn't feel it. And it, you know, it was wonderful. But it was a really big drug. And so I, I, in two days, I started only taking half of it. And I got myself off of it. But it, it, uh, it helped right when I was in the pain. But after a few days... It started doing this thing where it would tighten real hard, and it would tighten all the way down my leg, and I couldn't make it stop tightening, being tightened. And it was like a Charlie horse, you know, in your leg. Have any of you, you've probably experienced Charlie horses? Well, I couldn't get up and move it because it, I, could, I couldn't sit. I, I could only had so much motion. And that thing, so I went to an orthopedic doctor because that's what the hospital said I should do. I go to the orthopedic doctor, and he said, oh, we can take care of that. We'll give you muscle relaxers. Great. <laughs> Hallelujah. They helped. They helped that tightening. But yesterday when I was at the river praying, I felt like God said to me, many people have Charlie horses in their brain. Because, you know, the brain is a big muscle. And that they get their minds so bound up that it gets like a charley horse in there. And I'm telling you, when you have a charley horse, you can't think right until you get that thing to undo. 
And, and we cannot live in that place. And that the word of God is a relaxer. The word of God is for a relaxer. What Joyce was saying was, you know, in her situation, she would get in tense situations. And she found herself, if she didn't get in that place where she spent time with the Lord, then she would not be able to be able to go again and do what she was going to do in the next meeting because she had remained so tense and hadn't had that time apart with the Lord. In, in this psalm, it says, we who dwell in the secret place of the Most High. That means we take time to come apart to that secret place and let God restore us. But he's the first person we talk to when something happens. Everybody say the first person. I know when I was down on the floor or down on that concrete, what I heard was get up. And it didn't look like I could get up. But because I got up, I believe that's why my leg started working as fast as it did. And even the the, uh, orthopedic doctor said, you are doing really, really well. Well, that's because of prayer. For all of you who are praying for me, thank you very much. Because prayer works. Everybody say prayer works. But also, I had to take my mind and make it captive to never thinking about my trip. When we went to the orthopedic doctor, my husband said to him, now this is just how good God is. He said, now, she has a big trip coming. Now, my leg is uh, its just full of blood. It still is. It's going to all drain to my ankle, they said. But um, so there was the threat of flying on an airplane with all that blood. And uh, so my husband asked him, and he said, well, I, don't th- I think medically she's going to be all right to go, but it's if she can be mobile enough to ride on an airplane. I thought, I'm mobile. I, ca- I am mobile. I can do it. And, uh, and so he said, uh, where are you going? And so Bill was telling him. He was from New Zealand. And he said, Bill said to him, if it were you, would you go? He said, I'd be on the plane tomorrow. (laughs) So, you know, he was an encouragement. He never said I couldn't go because God didn't want him to say I couldn't go. And because he's from New Zealand and he said, I'd love to be going with you to go see my family. He encouraged me to go everywhere we go. God will help us. He will keep us from the enemy and what the enemy wants to do in our lives. So I encourage you, if, if you are looking to the Lord, don't get a Charlie horse in your brain of what's happening and lock up and not be able to move, but keep yourself in a place where you're relaxed. Everybody say relax. I have a friend uh, from years ago, and she was always, she would always get so uptight about things. And it says that uh, it, it's to make less severe or stringent. She would just get like in a fl- have you ever been around somebody who just flashes you know and gets all tense and uh, when now I see her on Facebook it, her is it hashtag they call it hashtag relax Becky it always says <laughs> hashtag relax Becky <laughs> you know sometimes we have to remind ourselves hey you know he will give his angels charge over me to keep me in all my ways he knows about this he'll take care of it psalm 121 let's just look at that one you know sometimes uh you wake up in the night you're tormented by things i don't know if this applies to your life or not but i know in my lifetime um you know i've raised children i help raise grandchildren there's times when it seems like i wake up in the night and in the night is when everything seems the worst how many of you have ever experienced that? In the nighttime when you wake up, that's when things seem the most impossible. But this is what the Word of God says. I will lift up my eyes to the hill. From whence comes my help? 
My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not allow your foot to be moved. He who who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. Everybody say God's on duty all the time. And so are his angels. They're always encamped round about you. The Lord is your, he is your keeper. It says in my Bible, protector. He watches over you to protect us and keep us. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve you. That preserve word means one of the definitions is to keep you, is to keep you in that place. You from all evil, he shall preserve your soul. The Lord shall preserve your going out and your coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. So we used to say, if you don't know if you're coming or going, it's okay. God's got you covered. Hallelujah. He is your keeper. Now, um, several years ago, uh, I went to do a meeting, and I was going to Carbondale, Illinois. I was traveling with uh, one of the gals who used to work here, Crystal. And I, we stayed in a hotel. I was getting my message ready for the next morning. And I hadn't really been out traveling very much. And um, I was going to speak that morning in two services, and I, and I was a little um, intimidated. You know, when you do things for God, it doesn't mean it's like, oh, you know, no big deal. I mean, you're really responsible for the Word of God and giving the Word of God. And uh, I hadn't done it that much. And so Crystal was a real encourager to me, and she was with me. And uh, But I stayed in a room by myself. She was in another room. And, and I finished my message, and I thought, you know, I'm just going to turn the TV on. And, and there was this movie, uh, Dave. Do any of you know the movie Dave? It's about a man who looks like the president. The president's real sick. Um, he's dying. So they put this guy in office because they don't want anybody to know the president has had an a opportunity. And so they put him in and make him the president. But the, the people who surround him, the bodyguard and some of the other people, are aware that he is really not the president. Uh, his wife the real president's wife finally figures that out after a while. Anyway, it was a pretty good movie and I watched it and, and uh, I noticed when he got in this uh, position where he had to speak like he was the president on television uh, in front of him were like six men, you know, across the front. They, there, there's men across the front and, uh, and then there, there's one guy which was his bodyguard who was right beside him and, uh, and this bodyguard said to him one casually in a meeting he said, um, uh, you know, I'm here to take a bullet if I have to for the president, but I won't take a bullet for you. <laughs> Isn't that encouraging? And, uh, and he just said, okay. Uh, at the end of the show, this guy was, did such a good job as what pretending to be the president. One of the last things that happened is the bodyguard looks at him and says, I- I'd take a bullet for you. And uh, I just, that just stuck in my mind, you know. So I'm, I get done preaching that day, and they had a luncheon afterward, and I'm sitting there, and this man came up to me. And uh, he said, I just, uh, I, I have to tell you what I saw this morning when you were preaching. And uh, he said, in front of you, because I was up on a platform, he said, there were, there were angels, six angels, six angels standing across the front in front of you. And there was one really big one right beside you. He said, I saw him. And I thought, really? I mean, have any of you seen an angel? I've never seen an angel. But I knew it was the Lord because I had seen that movie. 
And I, and I wouldn't even have ever seen that movie. I didn't ever know about that movie. But I had watched it the night before because God the next morning was going to tell me, don't ever be afraid to go anywhere because I've got these angels and they're there and they'll always be with you. You know, when I started praying about God, I want to know if I'm supposed to go on this trip because I'm traveling with Sharon Doherty, not for me, but can I take care of her? That's my job, to take care of her, to play for her, to be who she needs to be. Am I going to be in a position where I'm going to be ready to do that? Because if I'm not, I'm not going to do it so she can have who she does need. And I immediately, you know what God told me? Six angels and one beside you. And so what does that say? You can go. Do you get this? See, he is able to keep you. He's not just able to keep you just because it says in Psalm 91, he's able to give you a word. If you're dwelling in that place with him, he will tell you exactly what he wants you to do. Now, Laurel Hassett came up to me after the first service. She said, you know, Joyce Meyer experienced something like that. Uh, A woman and her husband came to one of her meetings and the husband never wanted to go with his wife, you know, because it's a girl thing. But uh, it was one of those meetings where, you know, they invite men. And so he said, okay, he go with her. So she said, that, she was telling me that uh, Joyce was saying, this, this man is sitting there and Joyce comes out on the platform and he leaned over to his wife. He goes, wow, does she always have those two big guys standing with her up there? And his wife said, there ain't anybody standing up there. He said, oh, yes, there are. There's two of them, one on each side. And they are big like bodyguards. They were angels. He saw him. She didn't. I tell you, I'm sure he didn't mind going to any meetings after that. (laughs) You know, God has a way of showing himself in order to give us peace, to give us assurance that he's there with us. Another time, and this is the only other time I've had anything about angels in my lifetime, but I was at Victory in Tulsa years ago. Bill was in Bible school. And a girl came in and said, could I visit with you? I mean, I have something to share with you. I said, sure. So I went in, and um, she opened up this folder, and she said, I was ironing uh, in my apartment. And when I was ironing, I looked down, and it was like I saw you. And now at this time, God had told me, you will lead worship. You are a worshiper. You will lead worship. I wasn't leading worship anywhere. I was, I was working as an uh, administrative person in the ministry. I wasn't doing anything musically. And, and, but I had been told that, and I would play my piano at night and sing and praise the Lord by myself. But I wasn't looking to do it in front of anybody anyway. And so, it, you know, I, I wasn't thinking. I mean, I'd heard God tell me that, but I had not experienced it. And she said, well, I'm just here to tell you that I saw you. You were down on your knees. You were worshiping the Lord. And on each side of you, there was an angel. And that angel, she was helping you worship. That's what God told me. And he told me to come tell you that whenever you lead worship, those two angels will be there with you to help you to worship the way I want you to worship. I thought, well, glory to God. That gave me courage. Everybody say courage. Courage. To get up and do what God called me to do. So I never was afraid from then on to do the worship. Because it wasn't about me. It was about those angels that I knew were going to be there beside me. God has the same thing for you today. Whatever it is that you're doing, there are angels around you to help you do whatever it is that God's calling you to do. But the most important thing is that you have to realize he will always keep you. He will use angels. He will use people 
to step in in a way. When I was in Mexico, uh, in the very beginning of time when I was traveling, there was this lady, and at the end of our meetings, she said, um, I'm just going to give you all a picture, and I believe each speaker is supposed to have one of these pictures. Were you with me on that trip, Sue? I don't know, and Chris always went with me, but uh, she gave me this picture. It was this woman with this big spear and a lion beside her and thunder and lightning all over that picture. And it said, Arise, shine, for the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. She said, I believe as I pick these that God gave me a word for each of you, the specific, they were different pictures, for each one of you that God's going to do in your life. When she handed me that picture, the Lord said, Blow it up and put it on your wall and look at it every time you feel afraid. It's in my office. I look at it a lot. <laughs> How many of you know God knows where to speak to us because he'll keep us? I, you may not see him keeping you, but he is keeping you. He's keeping you from evil. He's keeping you from harm. If you are working and you find out, like Chris found out, that his job's going to end, well, then if you're in that dwelling place, you can hear what God says to do next. How many of you know it's so easy to start thinking for yourself? Or even get fearful ahead of time. But when you're in that quiet place, God will tell you. I saw your text about your health. And, and uh, Wanda had surgery here a couple of weeks ago. And then I saw where you said about, um, well, I told him I'd be at work next week. And I just want to be sure I'm going to be able to be there. You know what? If God wants her at work next week, she'll be at work next week. But the enemy can't use that against her to cause her to begin to get concerned because that's just what he wants to do. Everybody say, that's what he wants to do. He brings that thought, just like he tried to bring to me, you're not going to get to go on that trip now. This last week, um, I I had to go to my doctor when I got back, and he looked at my leg, and he said, well, we're going to do a blood count because that's a lot of blood. He said, I just want to make sure your, your blood's okay. Well, sure enough, they called me five ladies later and said, your blood is not okay. It's low, your blood count. It's, it's some number, and it needs to be like three or four numbers higher. So now we're going to put you on iron. And uh, I thought, I can't be on anything going on this. I'm going to think on this trip. I can't remember to take stuff ever so often. I mean, I'm, I'm going to go six hours back to Hawaii. Then I'm going to get up the next morning and fly and go 18 hours ahead. I mean, I'm going to take me three or four days there. I'm going to have to just pretend like, you know, I'm one of them. That's what I do. I just pretend like I live there all the time. And somehow God fixes it. But I thought, I can't be trying to figure out when to take medicine and all those day changes, you know. And, uh, and so immediately, it was like the threat again. See, maybe you shouldn't be going on this trip. Pastor Sharon calls me. She said, well, Pam, a little birdie told me. She said, not Bonnie Birdie, but another Birdie, which is Bonnie Beetle, who's her assistant. She said, it was another little Birdie we all know. She told me you fell. I said, I am absolutely fine. She said, well, Bonnie said I wasn't supposed to know. I said, well, you don't have to know anything except I'm good to go. I'm ready to go, whatever we need to do. But this was right after I heard the blood report. Because the enemy wants to see if I'll say something. He wants to see if I'm going to believe that God will keep me or if I'm going to go with what the doctor says or people say. Now, he said I have to take them three times a day. But they can cause you a little problem. They can if those of you have ever. And I thought I have no time for any other problems. So I'm going to take however many I feel like taking. 
and I'm going to trust God for the rest. Hallelujah. Because the enemy always threatens what God wants to do. And I appreciate your word to me the other night. God knows what you're facing today. I don't know what it is, but I will tell you this. He will keep you. He will keep you in the midst of the situation, and he will keep you so that you see El Shaddai, the God who is more than enough. You're not going to just get by. You're going to get by big time. Amen? Let's stand together this morning. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you that um, you see us all the time.